Welcome to Hospitality From Within podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kim Lerner, leadership coach and professor for the hospitality industry. In this space, we'll be covering a rainbow of topics to support you in learning how to show up for yourself first so you can show up for others, giving you coaching guidance and inviting in collaborators to join me in conversation that are paving the way to a more sustainable industry. Now let's let the learning and the storytelling begin. Welcome to Hospitality From Within podcast. Um, I'm really excited to have a very close friend, mentor, and just incredible woman in this industry with us today to have a collaborative conversation. Welcome, Randy Weinstein, to this episode. Thank you, Kim, for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, so as we do every week, uh, in order to create the momentum for this conversation, I would like to know what is something that you are celebrating, you're proud of, or you're recognizing, whether it's today or sort of this moment in time. The top one. Um, I think I celebrate any success that I have on a daily basis. And it could be as small as filling a hole um, with a snack provider or as monumental as getting a sponsor. Love that. Thank you. And something that I always speak to any of my students, clients, or actually anybody in my community about is celebration doesn't have to be like this really large, big thing. A lot of times celebration is also just recognizing like even very little, little things, as long as it's something that, um, you know, has taken up space because it deserves to take up space. Um, so, you know, speaking of this, let's talk first about um, what you or you sort of tell us our journey, Randy, is in when you're speaking about um, filling a hole for a snack uh, sponsor or um, something bigger. What are you referring to? Tell us about you and what you're referring to. <laughs> Tell us about me. Um, so I run a business workshop for women called FAB and, and women being those that are in the hospitality community, um, women that are at all and every different level, whether they're thinking about hospitality as their forever career and want to eventually come into ownership, move up the um, leadership ranks or are in a position of ownership and um, or upper level management, and maybe even thinking about kind of a way out and exit strategy. But for all people to really come together to share and um, have community with one another, um, that's what FAB is. Um, it's an acronym that means females in business. Amazing. And um, your path to creating and sort of founding uh, FAB is pretty incredible. Um, and so tell us a little bit about how you got to creating this really great space for all of us. My path definitely was not direct. Okay. Uh, definitely a roller coaster ride, but I don't know how far back we want to go. But I think what prepared me, um, I come from a garment center family mm -hmm. in New York. And, um, and now fast forward, I am definitely not in the garment center, I suppose, <laughs> but I'm not in the garment center. Um, I always loved hospitality and just didn't always fit at the right time in my life. And when I moved from New York to Charleston, it was 
trying to really find something that really fit me. And it took a really long time. And I wound up first in mental health and creating programs and creating educational and recreational programs for those people that were living in the community. And I thought to myself, what would I like to do if I was in that position? And I said, nothing really different than what I would like to do on an everyday basis. So I created all this programming. I had to fund my position. So that's really how I kind of took a step, my first step back into hospitality, because I tapped on restaurants to be able to be part of events that I was pulling together. And I knew a lot of people in this industry, but now I got to kind of like dip a toe back in and start working and creating programming and have people involved. And then um, I was in mental health for a while. And then I went over to the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. And I had been doing events for a number of years in the positions I was in. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity for me to, I had attended year one of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. And I thought that I would be an asset to this organization. And my enthusiasm almost cost me the job, but I wound up getting it. That's amazing. And, um, and it opened my eyes just to really what, event planning was on such a large scale. And I definitely bit off more than I could chew in the beginning. And but I loved every single crazy, wacky um, second of it that was as sleep deprived as you could get. And it's not for me about the stardom of when you're bringing in all these, you know, incredible personalities. To me, it's that guest experience, and it was about putting something together that would be memorable and, of course, flawless, mm -hmm. and, which is, is the goal of it. And I stayed at the festival almost eight years, and then I um, went into operations for a local group called Butcher and Bee that was expanding. And so I was there for a while and that's kind of when the fab um, thought process really became kind of formulated. Mm -hmm. um, I pulled together a group with two other women called Bad Bitches and we decided to focus on women in this career and how women came from their home kitchens in the 50s into this industry. And so we took it decade by decade, starting in the 50s, and pulled together um, events on a monthly basis, really on the fly. And, um, and everything with the decade that we were doing revolved around the food that was being eaten in the 50s, the decor, the dress, the music, um, everything. And it was all women that were in back of house and front of house. And um, and we decided to raise money for scholarships to be given to women locally. And we raised a large amount of money. Um, and it was amazing, it became like a little bit cultish. 
and people could not wait to get a ticket and they were small events. Um, and the band broke up and I was left with assigning all of the recipients, scholarship recipients and awarding them the, their money mm -hmm. and, um, and helping them facilitate for whatever they wanted. We, funded a podcast um which is called the southern fork we funded culinary scholarships we funded a chocolate making class organic farming several sommelier certifications at different levels so it was really incredible to be able to see the the number of people and going in all different directions all within this industry and it left me thinking that this is really amazing, but what these women are really lacking is the, um, is their capacity to understand what it means to own a business. And that is definitely one thing that it will cause immediate failure. Mm -hmm. And so from all the people I met, male and female, through the Wine and Food Festival, I put together a curriculum of sorts and I farmed it out and said, what do you think? Um, I want to do a business workshop for women in hospitality and I want to have speakers and I want them to be part of the conversation and um, and really involved in the attendees that are going to be um, signing up to come. And when it's not anyone else's money, they think it's a great idea. So yeah. that fab was born. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I've known some pieces of it, but not all of it. And I, I think the the pieces that really drew me is I always am so curious about um, sort of how we all get to where we are today and what really lights us up and what we're passionate and excited about and how we build community around that. And for you to have started in a different um, sort of place of education and mental health into, wait a second, hospitality, there's so much in this space as well, but it's still correlated of teaching um, and of sort of really gathering resources for people to build confidence and to, you know, be able to take their dreams and really create something out of them. Um, and down to, you know, I, I love the scholarship piece is how can you support individuals? Um, a little bit goes a long way always of when somebody knows that somebody believes in them, then they're able to continue to push forward. And um, especially in some of those, it's, it's through monetary scholarships to put you through a program. So that is yeah. amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess a little bit more you know, I, I'm always just so curious, even being an attendee of FAB is, you know, what have you seen, you know, now we're we're going into year eight, right? Um, which is super exciting. It's something I'm celebrating for you and your team um, and all of us that are um, in the industry is, you know, you are such uh, an incredible creator of spaces for safety um, in terms of having honest conversations, which is really difficult um, to create that space, especially with how how many attendees is it up to now? We're about a solid over 400, almost about 450. Which is a lot. <laughs> um, and, you know, you are so um, sort of calculated in, in who you have 
attending in terms of speakers and moderators so that everybody's really getting a full rainbow of topics and personalities and um, experience is throughout these years is, you know, what have you seen of shifts within leadership um, and community for, for, you know, the women and anyone that identifies as in, in hospitality and sort of what shifts you've seen that you're kind of excited about. And then, you know, if, if you want to say any that are still like, we need to rewrite the narrative here, we're still paving the way um, to call those out as well. I still think we are paving the way and yes. <laughs> rewriting the narrative. I mean, I'll say that first. Um, but when you really take, I mean, the beauty of FAB is that we're not just focusing on the people that continually get national attention. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that makes FAB different. You are not every speaker is recognizable mm -hmm. uh, because they are all the cogs of the wheel to make this industry and to make a business happen. So not everyone knows the attorney, not everyone knows the HR person. And so there are not everyone knows that finance person and not everyone knows the person that is doing the photography for your items. And so it is bringing together Yes, there might be a recognizable chef or a beverage professional, but in there, but nine times out of 10, it is not a whole, you're not going to, you have to do the, the work yourself to see what all of these people bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So that is really kind of a little bit about what makes it different. Um, and I think that what we've seen is probably... This year, probably more beverage professionals that um, that we have involved, which I feel like is a category that we've neglected. Mm -hmm. um, I see really this movement in regenerative ag that is that people are very interested in, um, and that is in obviously every sense uh, of it. Um, I just picked up Will Harris's book and I heard him speak. And it is really amazing what the mindset of one person can accomplish when they decide. I mean, this is a cattle rancher, fourth generation that decided to change his um, his business from standard mm -hmm. to regenerative ag for the land, mm -hmm. you know, um, environment, um, just everything. And to have his you know, family come back and actually work the farm, which is, you know, something that is really been lost mm -hmm. uh, just because of the practices that were at hand. So I feel that, so when I look at our, our speaker base and our speaker base of diversity of our, our content that we have, it is all a ref reflection and not just of the content that that we have been putting out because we change it. There are topics that remain consistent year to year because it's a business workshop. Mm -hmm. And there are just things that you're always going to have to, you know, have as part of it. But it's also changing out speakers and putting new voices in. And you might have heard or sat in something before, but now you're hearing three or four new opinions about mm -hmm. how to achieve that goal. 
Um, but then the other content that is in there is really a reflection of what is happening within those businesses that these speakers really feel that is would make great content. And that's important to them because I don't want to be the one saying these are the topics that you're, you know, that you're stuck with and that you have to be able to, to speak on. Um, I think that the passion and the zero bullshit and total transparency of Fab is what speakers really genuinely care for and appreciate. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I think sharing, um, just understanding and learning that like, again, we all evolve, right. And like what the needs are of the industry and, um, super interesting that it's more beverage speakers this, this year, just out of curiosity, um, you know, is there, uh, there's a lot sort of on, on going through, you know, the non-alcoholic beverage industry. Um, and I know that you have one of the sponsors actually, or at least in the couple last couple of years, Sachet having, um, being one of the sponsors of a non-alcoholic store, is that also a topic that has sort of been floating around in, in, in this year? It's not, you know, interesting. And I was, and there is like, I feel like I have two misses here. I did not include Emily from Sachet mm -hmm. in this conversation. And it is such a big conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't include coffee. I was just on the phone with, um, with Lane Marzocco. Yeah. And I said, you know, those are like two misses. And for me, because a coffee program is just as important um, as an NA program, as, you know, I'm involved in any beverage program. So, um, so no, <laughs> but uh, there is always, I mean, having an NA presence yeah. um, at FAB is something that is important to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't care whether you, it's someone that's sober or it's just a, becomes another option. Yeah. Not everyone has to like be hot out of the gate and start arriving <laughs> at, you know, 445 in the afternoon. Um, and I've had several people say like, why don't you serve alcohol during the day? And I was like, cause it's a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and I'm very careful to do content. Mm -hmm. I never mix content and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I want people coming for the content and not the cocktail. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because we're here for a workshop, right? It's a, it's a business workshop. Um, my, you know, I have, I just have a question, um, because the way that you each year evolve, um, fab, but also just like how you are as a human and a creator um, is through feedback. And, you know, I just listening to you, I was like, I have to ask her this because a lot of times just as humans, we are so fearful and insecure when it comes to feedback. And I remember having this conversation with you years ago of, you know, how to ask for feedback in a way that's going to be constructive on the receiving end, as well as what you do with that feedback. Um, and I'm tying this into sort of what this is, you know, as leaders, like coaching and feedback is really important. Um, will you share sort of just what your um, oversight is of feedback, how you take it, how you 
really create your forms specifically for fab to receive content um, and feedback that's going to be helpful for you to then make changes for the next year or when you also realize like I'm just going to put that in a box and that's feedback that I'm not going to let touch me for now. I, you know, it's with every, every business, every mm-hmm. business has starts with someone's idea. Mm-hmm. happened to start with my idea and the content mm-hmm. and we've been receiving feedback and sending out forms since year one, because mm-hmm. I think I thought this was a great idea. I thought this was very much needed in this community specifically for women and those identifying as but it's been built on the attendees feedback, the speakers feedback. And, you know, from year one to two, we had some great feedback and, but I wasn't ready at that point to make like seismic shifts. Mm-hmm. People really wanted to, we, in the first two years of fab, we rolled out your, your content for you. You did not get to select and you picked a track and mm-hmm. then, just went through those 10, eight to 10 different items, you know, topics that um, were associated with those tracks. And there was a lot of changes from year one to two, but I was not ready to give up the track situation. Mm-hmm. And it was not until because I we didn't have enough to go on. It was only one year. And I feel that you can't make major decisions after one year. You can make a lot of smaller decisions mm-hmm. that will that people will see especially if you have return attendees that will see and say like wow like i suggested that and, mm-hmm. and they actually did that um but it wasn't until year 3 where we changed locations and we um wound up going from like 20 panels of content that we put out to over i think like 35 at that time because you just couldn't go to a different environment and still have 20 panels of content yeah. and only have two at a time because you're still back to like track one and two, but to give people choices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every year it is a survey goes out and it really has on there about, you know, about what the, who's, what speakers gave them all that they could possibly ever ask for, who left them lacking, what topics did they get the most um, out of? What topics did you feel that you would like to see as a part of FAB? Um, we ask about the food. We ask about, I mean, we ask about everything. Mm-hmm. And because we generally want to know, like as simple as a piece of feedback, last year we had um, a event called No Reservations Required, which was gather hours um, that happened Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night after the day's events. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that in 2022 at an event at Graft and saw all these people coming together. And I said, man, I, I feel like we leave the attendees flat after the keynote, welcoming keynote, and then all the speakers will come back to my house for a dinner to get to know one another. And we kind of leave the attendees flat and that's just not cool. Like we're mm-hmm. supposed to be like a community and we're supposed to be developing their community and helping with that. And that's how that had happened. And that was from my thought process. But 
what happened from there was people loved it, but the weather in Charleston was not cooperative. And then you have 400, you know, plus people trying to all get a lifter, like an Uber all at that same time and to get to that location. And there was, and even if it's one piece of feedback and we read every single one, but one person can make a suggestion that just makes so much sense. And it was just like, we loved, you know, these gather hours, but we would love to have it walkable mm. the venue. And I was like, gosh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> that's no brainer. Like we can do that. Like so simple. So it's, you know, it's things that truly are just as, as simple as that, but it's also really looking at, you know, I talk to every speaker before I invite them. Mm-hmm. And if anyone I feel is going to be high maintenance um, and not really appreciate fab the way that I would hope that, that a speaker would, they don't get an invite. And I think Chidi Kumar, honestly, from Aja in Raleigh said it best when she was a speaker once before. She said, I don't know whether I'm more excited to be a speaker or an attendee because there's so much rich content here that I still um, can learn from. And I think the other part to Fab's success besides getting that right speaker mix. And you don't know, not every year was always the right speaker mix. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel that the longer I have been doing it, the better that it is. And every year has its own different vibe to it. And you can't sometimes always replicate that magic, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can certainly build on it and learn from it. And, but it is very much a, you know, Jenny who works with me and it was her first year facilitating fab last year. And I say that you will be shocked, like all these people walking through the gates and they're, everyone's a little nervous, but they're like, everyone genuinely wants to be there for one another. Everyone genuinely is interested in one another and what they're doing and what their needs are and how they could help and the relationships that have been built. And she was just like some, a lot of other people are like, yeah, whatever. That's like such a line of bullshit. And it truly isn't. And she, after it was like, I've never seen anything like this. And, um, and it's just really this community of, of women that really come together and are so excited to be there, but it all stems from the feedback and I don't take anything personal. You can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> unless, I mean, if it's not constructive and it's just criticism mm-hmm. at its best, but the amount that I've learned from it, um, and I appreciate the honesty and mm-hmm. cause that's what fab was built on and also who you are to your core <laughs> and who I am to my core. It's, yeah. That's what I say is the only thing that has Randy involved. It was built on my two pillars, like total honesty and zero bullshit. Yep. And I think it's really important for all the listeners to hear that because when you're building anything or you're making any decisions, whether it's, you know, in your personal life, in your professional career, you know, I speak so much of leadership that, yeah, we're leading people, but we also have to lead ourselves. If you don't know what your pillars are, it's going to be really difficult to lead yourself to 
the next step to continue to pave that road to a decision, to a conversation, to sort of whatever it is. Um, and so thank you for sharing your two core pillars. Um, I also just want to like make sure that all listeners really understand that piece of community about fab because I'm in a sort of like second that of the connections that you make while you are, whether you're attending or you are a speaker, are lifelong. And I am a witness to that. I, the people that I have met, some of the women that I have met through Fab in the last two to three years are lifelong friends of mine now. Um, and just being able to nourish that and, you know, anybody that is sort of even on edge about attending anyone that I get to speak to about it. I'm always like the content's really good, but it's also really the juicy stuff is really in the people that you're going to invest in to help yourself grow through that content that you learned, um, whether it was on a panel or in a conversation. Um, and that's, that's, um, you know, how you build community. <laughs> that's where it lies. So, I mean, and that's extremely true. You know, it's also that not everyone is, is a people person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was with someone two days ago, there's a chef in town and that it takes a lot. I mean, I always equate it, you know, to the first day of school and yeah. being a scared and a little shy and especially you know fab is 90 percent national audience only 10 percent local charleston mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of people coming on their own and you know they're about to walk through kind of the gate to come in and they're having this like doubtful moment and like am i gonna am i gonna know anyone am i gonna feel like i fit in and the minute they come in and that kind of washes away so quickly and, you know, and that was really the importance of it. And I think, you know, there was an, someone else had said to me, I put on a lot of conferences and I just don't like you have the secret sauce. What is it? And it's that no one owns me mm -hmm. and that I, if I had to play by someone else's game, it just, it wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Love the honesty again. There. <laughs> it would not work. You know, I mean, if I want to get up and during my welcoming and just say, fuck every other word, it's my prerogative. Yeah. I mean, because it's mine. And, but it is, but it is truly that honesty that really the, the attendees clamor to the speakers and because they are, that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So love that. So good. Well, um, I, uh, there's the announcement coming out soon that, um, the tickets will be going live. So please share any information before I ask you my favorite last question, um, and any information that we will make sure that we put in the show notes as well, um, to have access to get a ticket. Cause last year it sold out rather quickly. <laughs> In 11 days, which was really insane, which I don't love because yes. I, don't want it, I want it to be accessible, not inaccessible. Yes. Um, but what I recommend, and I mm -hmm. had a long conversation about this yesterday with my team, is that to plan a strategy, our schedule, we do things purposefully here. 
you know, we, the website launched in, you know, mid-January with all the speakers, scholarship information, which is now already closed, mm-hmm. um, hotel accommodations and sponsors. On um, the 12th of February, the content of this, uh, the panels and the all, all of the content went live. And um, that my recommendation is before tickets go on sale on March 4th to really plot out, really think about what you want to get out of it. Really look at all of the topics, really look at the content, really look at where you are in whatever position you're in and really think about what is important and be able to then choose your schedule. And we put the schedule out beforehand. So people do that Mm -hmm. and not just all of a sudden log on to humanitics and, you know, and just pick things randomly. You really want to go in there with a game plan because that's going to be your best strategy for, you know, success. And mm-hmm. so that's my recommendation. Okay. And one more time, tickets go on sale when? March 4th, because it is a day that you are supposed to do something to better yourself and for yourself. Really? There's specific meaning behind it. Yeah. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's incredible. Awesome. Um, so Randy, one more question is, um, and sort of very personal to you and something that I'm curious about anybody that I speak with is what does leadership mean to you or how do you define it sort of today? Um, leadership is to me is, um, being, if you're talking about like a specific individual or several is not being the one with all the answers. It is really being able to, to be able to guide and lead, but you want those that you are, might be nurturing to be able to take some risks and to be able to, um, to be able to handle any situation. Like I would rather hear from my team first. Mm-hmm. I might have the answer already in my head, but I want to hear from them. So it's, to me, it's not always your opinion and your idea. It is for you to be able to listen mm-hmm. and it's important to be a very active listener and really to take in all the information because you want them to make those decisions. But to me, it is very much a, um, if you can see, if like if I could see where that's not going to work, don't cut anyone off at the knees. It's a conversation. And then say, basically, like, I kind of like where your your head is going. We can talk about that situation a little bit more, these are some of the obstacles that I see, but maybe there's another way. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not always, it is, 
you want the person or the people around you to be able to instill that and feel good. But every time that someone gives you a suggestion and you're going to shoot it down, that's just not a good leader to me. Amazing. I love that. I couldn't agree more. It's also expansive um, to let other people see different perspectives outside of their own by even just queuing in questions um, because we sometimes get very, very tunnel visioned. Um, and that's just also a human condition. <laughs> we, we, we do that. <laughs> totally. But it's also having the right people for the right position. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's also another big miss mm-hmm. and that you, if, if you see someone just having like a very, very hard time, I think it's, you know, for you to sit down with that individual and really being able to have that very honest conversation, just more in a, in more of a, I see that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Or I feel that you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell me like what those areas are that you feel that you really need some help with. And maybe that's just not the right position for that individual. And instead of losing that person, um, being able to place them where they truly belong is, you know, could be a whole game changer. Love that. Thank you. Well, that concludes today's um, conversation. Thank you so much, Randy, for being so honest um, and for sharing not only your journey, but truly, you know, how Fab was also created. It's it's an inspiration for me and and is also already turning up the levers of things of that I'm procrastinating on. So I appreciate it. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Kim. Thanks, Randy. Thank you for being here. I hope you were inspired by this episode. I invite you to share it with someone from your collective if you feel like it'll resonate with them. For more resources to fill your toolkit, visit www.onlyyummyalways.com. We'll see you next time.